This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, November 10th, wherever and however you're connected, always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with boy band choreographer Jerem Jordan. Now, we've been working on some moves. I've talked to the kid. No. Uh, Yesterday, BYU Sports Nation tweeted out, What's the name of this band? It's a picture of Zach Wilson with Neil Pau, Dax Milne, and Gunnar Romney. Okay? Wrong answers only, they said. Some of the favorites from this. We've had a lot of responses. The Zach Street Boys. Yeah! Wind Sink. <laughs> Gunner and Roses. Ball Out Boy. The Zuby Brothers. Air Raid Supply. These are incredible. Sons of Provo. Pau and the Dan Smiths. <laughs> My personal favorite. Your sister, Lindsay, said 17 plus. Well done, Lindsay. The Blue Man Group. Blues Brothers, the Catch Street Boys, Mm -hmm. Stretch YMCA. (laughs) That's so good. Keep them coming. That's fantastic. Oh, the Zach Street Boys and Winsync are just fantastic. Oh, and the Dan Smiths. Air I love so how funny. clever you are, BYU Sports Nation. And we just took we just took the Bring good ones. More. Yeah. Listen, not all of you were that clever, but uh, there were some really good ones. <laughs> oh, well done by the social media team, nice and well job, done everyone. by uh, everyone who submitted uh, some of those fantastic. Keep them coming, Let's boy go. band names. You got to get some bad ones to get to the good ones. You know? <laughs> Here's your Tuesday show lineup. Does BYU need to add another game? We have done the research and located all of the available opponents, according to FB schedules, on BYU's remaining opening dates. Mm -hmm. We'll show you all of them. Do you want any of them? College football insider Dan Walken of USA Today Sports joins us and also joins Jerem Jordan on his crusade to revise BYU's independent scheduling philosophy. Plus, Herbie goes bananas for BYU football again, and the top five BYU plays from the Cougars' historic win on the Boise Blue. You're not going anywhere. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After missing the Boise State game, Kalani Satake gives an injury update on Lopini Katoa. Yeah, it looks like Lopini's, we're, we're waiting. I mean, if we had a game this weekend, probably not, but uh, we're hopeful for next week for uh, North Alabama. The injury is undisclosed. It appeared to be an ankle or a knee, potentially. Good to hear that Lopini perhaps next week could play. We'll see. You don't need until San Diego State. Zane Anderson also getting closer after an ankle injury against Western Kentucky. He missed the Boise State game. Tyler Batty, who had that three-sack game early in the season, expected to return next week. Brigham does have a bye this week before North Alabama. Where? Live on BYU TV next week. Just get everyone healthy by December 12th. That's right. Or by November 28th. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll discuss, like you said. BYU junior quarterback Zach Wilson once again recognized by the Manning Award for his 22 of 28 passing performance, 360 yards, four total touchdowns against Boise State. Z-Dub, one of eight quarterbacks on the weekly list right now. Wilson is tied for first in the country in passing touchdowns, 22. Quarterback rushing touchdowns, eight. And has passed for 2,512 yards. That's good for second best in all the land. I'd say he's having a pretty good season. He's having an elite season. Yes, I don't he use is. the E word lightly. More Zach Wilson news. ESPN's Todd McShay gives Zach Wilson a first round grade, and The Athletic has Wilson fourth in its Heisman Straw poll. Who does not have Zach in their top five 
He feels like he's in everybody's top five. The one Incredible. rider in recent past that I can think of that didn't was Bill Connolly, and we were joking with him. Oh, do you hate Zach Wilson? Yeah, he definitely hates Zach Wilson. But I'm no, guessing he that he no. probably has Zach Wilson in his top five now. Well, maybe it's six. Whatever. He's in the top ten. Yes. Like, it's incredible. Former BYU linebacker and technically running back, Harvey Longy posted a career-best ten tackles, nine solo in his first career start for the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets in a last-second loss to the New England Patriots Thanks on Monday Trevor. night. Longy has 19 total tackles on the season, one quarterback hit, and one pass deflection. The 0-9 Jets have a bye this week, Jerem, mercifully. But hey, Harvey's making a name for himself. Every game he plays in is a tryout for potential future NFL employers. And this just in, Gregor Bell tweeted this, uh, The Athletic. Dane Brugler puts Zach Wilson at number six mm-hmm. in his NFL draft. Okay. So another top ten projection. That's three in the last week uh, for Zach Wilson. How dare you, Dane? Holy schnecky. Putting Zach all the way down at number six. <laughs> Zach is gonzo. It's <laughs> There's no way this cat's coming back. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Schedule upgrade? Really, does BYU need to schedule another game? It's the conversation of the month right now, Jerem, because the Cougars are 8-0. Have they done enough? They're going to be heavy favorites in their final two games, or will they need to add some more meat to the resume so that they feel even more secure about the New Year's Six? What do you think? We may not know until the playoff committee ranking comes out, November 24th. That's, uh, what, two weeks from today? So we we may not know, and by then, can you still get a game on the 5th or the 12th? Like, the 12th maybe, but the 5th, it's hard the next week. It's one thing to say, yeah, Houston and Baylor will play. Well, that's within driving distance, right? That's For BYU, there's not a game they're going to add that's within driving distance, you'd think. Utah State probably had a chance to play BYU. They chose not to, I'm guessing. Um, They've got issues of their own. Does BYU need another game? (sighs) To make the New Year's Six? I I feel pretty good about the possibility of 10-0, right? But Will BYU fall out of the consciousness is the question. BYU plays two games in the next six weeks. So this week, BYU's not playing a game for sure. It'll be two out of the ne- It'll be two games, three buys in that period. It feels like BYU needs another game. I don't even need a good game. I just need a game where BYU again pounds somebody 45-14, and you go, yep, still awesome. Check, next, another win. They uh, Did they play? Oh, they didn't play, but this team behind them played, and they had a better win, and they're looking okay, and it's a Power 5 one-loss team. Maybe they should be above BYU. That's the danger here. I'm, there's not a lot of good games available either because, let's be honest, BYU's not going to be able to get a Power 5 game. What Power 5 league wants to play a non-conference right now? They have so many issues with just making sure they can play their own conference games. Most Look, Power 5 conferences aren't even allowing it. Right. Look at the Pac-12 and how many games didn't happen over the weekend. What, two? Washington, Cal, and Arizona, Utah? And Utah's in and danger then of big, losing another one this weekend. LSU, uh, yeah. And LSU-Bama is in question now. Um, every game is precious. The fact that BYU got to eight. Listen, playing 10 and winning 10 might... 10 might be enough because not everyone is playing every game. And it depends on what part of the country you're in and what conference you're in as to how strict the guidelines are. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten are more strict because it's how they can justify playing the games because at first it was about health and then suddenly it wasn't. They were going to figure out how to do it safely, but nothing changed. They just decided they want to play, right? And here they are. So I'm not – 10-0 is probably good enough. But I don't want a game that could 
affect BYU's New Year's Six chances should BYU lose. And there's not a lot of those out there in terms of risk of losing, in my opinion. We'll show you all of them in just a moment. Has BYU done enough already, or do they need to add one more win to feel like a lock for a New Year's Six bowl game and all of the big money that comes along with it, all of that big money that BYU is an independent would not need to share with a conference? An at-large lock. That's a, an automatic at-large. Yeah, nothing's automatic. 10-0 and 0 is going to sound great. Yeah. But 11-0 and 0 feels remarkable given the circumstances of 2020. 10-0 sounds remarkable given the circumstances to me. There's no way that a 10-0, I think, and certainly not an 11-0 BYU team is going to be left out of one of those big-time bowl games if they're ranked in the top 10. And I can't see the college football playoff committee ranking BYU outside of the top 12. I think they'll be inside the top 10. There's this allure about undefeated teams. And BYU has absolutely been the benefactor of being the Lone Ranger in the West for the first half of the college football season, and they got a massive head start. Yes, it, it has been an advantage. But to their credit, they have won. They have won big, and they have completed all of the toughest challenges on the schedule with at Navy, at Houston, at Boise. Their three best wins are all on the road and all in convincing fashion, all by 17 or more. Yeah, UTSA is the only close game BYU's played. It's been incredible. Domination. So does BYU need to schedule another game? Let's look at the remaining potential opponents. On November 28th at Slim Pickens, Jerem, two teams. Marshall, ranked number 16, and Army. Army doesn't want to play BYU. They watched the Navy game. They don't want to play. They would have scheduled BYU if they wanted it. Yet Army just lost a game with Air Force. So are they chomping at the bit to just add another game? Do they go back to the already contracted game they had they with BYU. They don't want smoke, man. They don't want the smoke. They would have done it already. I don't think Marshall's going to schedule BYU because they just rescheduled two games for December 5th and December 12th. And if you're Marshall, um, you're hoping since he loses, right, to give you a shot. Coastal Carolina's right in front of Marshall in the best of the G5. They would want to maybe – that's the risk of trying to slingshot themselves into this. Also, does BYU go on the road for this game no matter what, or do they try and play a home game? Depends on the opponent. Depends on the yeah, opponent. Yes, yes, you don't go to UMass. You know what I mean? Yeah. November 28th, listen, Marshall would be a game that could potentially blow it up. I, BYU would be favored by seven. Do you go to West five? Virginia in late November over Thanksgiving, put it on the line, and does Marshall no, take that game no, thinking, no. hey, if we beat BYU, then maybe we can propel ourselves to they, the top of the group of they five They won't list. be higher than Cincy, in my opinion, even if that win. Unless With Cincinnati that win, loses. Yeah, right. Cincy would have to lose. I don't think Marshall can get into the top 10 very easily, if at all, right? That's Marshall's strength hard. of schedule right now, by the way, 116. Yeah. BYU's, what, 91 in Zagreb? 91, which is four spots Whoa. higher than Cincinnati. Oh, gosh. Well, they're going to play UCF in two weeks. Um yeah, this this is all interesting, right? Okay, so I I would say no on both the of both those. of those. Like Army, I'm fine with. I just don't yeah. think they're going to yeah, play. Yeah, I'm it, okay with know? the Army game. Yeah, go to West Point. Army is in the same predicament as BYU. They're not going to play a game between November 21st and December 12th. They would have a three week layoff. What are they playing for? Nothing. They're just playing to beat Navy at this point. You know what I mean? They're not. They might finish rank. Whatever. Okay, let's get to December 5th because there's a lot of games there. Mm-hmm. Okay, East Carolina. SMU, Temple, Tulane, UCF, USF. Six out of the American so all, Conference alone. All the AAC. Middle Tennessee, UAB, Army again, although they're not going to play the week before Navy. UMass, Georgia State, Arkansas State, South Alabama. I wouldn't mind an AAC team there. 
I'm not sure I want SMU, though. If they come to Provo, great. I'm okay with that. Come to Provo. I would rather have, like, a South Florida. Uh, one and six, they're that bad this year? Jeez. Well, yeah. yeah who let, cares? Let's it's the it. revenge tour. Let's dominate tour. those yeah. fools. Put it, put it on the T-shirt. The Zach Wilson T-shirt. Yes. Maybe, maybe even East Carolina. 2017, let's just rid ourselves of that one a little bit, too. I wouldn't mind one of those. I don't need a game that could blow up your schedule. You think about what happened yesterday in the athletic department. They fired seven individuals in the athletic communications office, which we will address a little bit later in our rise and shout out to some of those people. Uh, BYU, uh, Tom Homo mentioned, hey, we've had a multi-million dollar loss. BYU, like everyone, is in a predicament where if they can get some money, that's awesome. The biggest blessing, that's a word around here, biggest blessing ever for BYU and BYU athletics here could be a New Year's Six game. So I say, don't risk it by playing a ranked opponent. Play, just play another game, a, a name team, uh, enough, right? Uh, Temple, East Carolina, SMU, whatever. AEC, it's the next best league. That's the game I would want. I would not want to risk what we, – and we can't even find the actual multi-million dollar number that BYU would get. You know, you hear $4 million, you hear $21 million, what I don't know. It, I don't know how much it is, 10 to 20 mil, that BYU would get – from playing in the New York Six game. That's an unbelievable amount of money for an athletic department, and everyone needs it, but BYU needs it too. Let's go. A financial blessing. Yes, let's go. All right, on December 5th, I'm all about the revenge tour games. Sure, if USF, and I don't mind BYU going to Tampa for that game. Go back to Tampa, enjoy a Tom trip Brady to hangs out on December 5th and dominate USF on the revenge tour. Here's what I don't want. UCF on the road no, on December too, 5th. Too tough. No. no. There's no point here. If BYU had one loss, I'd be like, yeah, play anybody. I don't care. But there's no losses. BYU has uh, a special, special season going on right now. If don't UCF agreed to come to Provo, then I'm maybe a little bit more intrigued. I still don't want it. You don't want it in no. Provo? No. I, I, don't want it. I don't want something that could derail this. Why? Why? Why choose that? I'm confident the BYU would handle its business. That has that's not in on play. their on their home field. Yes, I'm confident BYU would handle its business against literally every team on here. I just don't. I just don't. I want less risk because the risk is greater than the reward. It really is here. The re, what's the reward? BYU's probably in a New Year's Six. So well, you lock it up. You lock it up. Right, but if you lose, then you blew it up. Like you're probably in a good spot anyway. It'd be a poor investment to me. To play Marshall, SMU, or UC. It's a game of chicken for Tom Homo until BYU finds out where they stand in the college football playoff rankings on November 24th. But they have a pretty good sense that, like we said, they're probably not going to be outside the top 12. Is that enough? Yeah. But it's not about November 24th. It's about December 20th. Let me present one more scenario for you. And I honestly got a big old cheesy grin on my face when I thought about this. December 19th. Championship weekend across all of college football, all of the conferences. Some have played the week before. Liberty, BYU, mm-hmm. for a de facto independent conference championship. Both teams There's ranked. nothing I hate more <laughs> than the idea of that. Because it's not a league. No, it, listen, Liberty's it's going well. You mentioned, hey, uh, you know, undefeated, awesome. What's the difference between undefeated BYU and undefeated Liberty? They have a Power 5 win, by the way. That's true. Uh, Liberty's schedule has BYU been... BYU is a national brand. That's the difference. And BYU has played more tough games, although... The, the the strength of schedule difference is not crazy different. Oh, it's pretty big there. 125 for Liberty. Yeah. So both in the bottom 30-ish of college football. Um, but 
BYU has a name. Also, BYU has been destroying fools. Okay, that's the that's a big difference here. Liberty has it's, not done that against right. some common opponents. North Alabama was twenty eight to seven. You think in two weeks BYU is going to beat North Alabama by twenty eight to seven? Maybe add thirty points. Liberty Western Kentucky was also a one score game. Liberty and Western Kentucky, yes. So that's the difference. BYU has been crazy good against uh, a schedule that's winnable, and that therefore BYU is good. And BYU won at Boise State in convincing fashion. Houston, yes. BYU looks really good. So, I, listen, interesting, intriguing, maybe, I don't know, Liberty, eh. If I had to pick two favorites there, it's one rescheduling the Army game. Like, I think it's great. I think that's the perfect scenario because I feel like BYU would show up, two, but dominate, and then just be 11-0. If Army won that game, they would have done it. Therefore, I've kind of eliminated it from reality. Sure. That, that's, I mean, it's just... Perhaps none of this is reality. Um, I, I don't know. Clyde Stockey, uh, sorry, what's your second game? Probably SMU or Marshall if it were in Provo. Mm. Do you think that these teams would do that? I think SMU because would SMU be okay Because SMU and Marshall playing a non-con yeah. in the West? I, I don't know. SMU's not going to go to a big-time bowl game. They're not going to go to the AAC championship. It's another game for them to play against a ranked opponent. Chance to spoil the season. It's some context for them. I think SMU would do something like that. I don't know that Marshall wants BYU because they scheduled those two games on December 5th and 12th. That would be tough to throw BYU in in their probably needed bye week, November 28th, before they hope to close things out in a perfect season. Yeah, what is Marshall playing for? Let's assess what we think their motives are because we come at it from the BYU perspective, not necessarily theirs. Theirs is, uh, hey, maybe we have a shot at the New Year's Six if we're the best group of five team. We need Cincy to lose, and we need to win out, and then we have a shot. And guess what? That would propel them. If Cincinnati lost and they beat BYU, then they would be in the New Year's Six. And maybe they feel like, hey, we don't necessarily need that. If we went out, we're probably the next best team. We'll see with Coastal Carolina. Like We feel like we have a better schedule maybe or something. I don't don't know. Mm. I don't know. I hate assessing others' motives. That's why I never want to be a bishop. (laughs) Jerem's gone on record. I don't don't. (laughs) Kalani Stake keeps mentioning uh, 12, by the way. He keeps mentioning like 12 games, 12 games. We were preparing to play 12 games. So I wonder if Kalani wants two. He's talking in the regular season, I think. Our question of the day. Do you want BYU to schedule any of the available games we just presented. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jerry Mason answers on Twitter. November 28th, Marshall. December 5th, Army. Ain't happening the week before, Navy. December 19th, Liberty. (laughs) So he wants three. One undefeated and two one-loss teams. I think he's saying he would take any of those in the given scenario. Oh. Great chances to build the resume. Yeah, one The resume doesn't need a lot of building. Marshall or Army on November 28th is great. I don't know how I feel about BYU going to West Virginia on November 28th. I think it'd be foolish. Why go way on the road against a ranked team? You probably are good. Probably. And, and if That's you're not, thing. if you Probably. if you're not, schedule Liberty on December nineteenth. Then would Liberty even take that game? I don't know. See, that's the thing. We're assuming that like some of these teams need a game. No, they don't. They, these teams don't need a game per se. Okay, coming up, a saucy whip question. And Dan Walken of USA Today Sports College Football Insider joins Jerem Jordan's crusade for revising the schedule. Are you ready for this? I don't know that you are. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Plenty of plays to review tonight on After Further Review. Dave Blaine David recap the Boise State win big time 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure now to welcome in a man who spoke with Jerem Jordan just last week about how BYU's schedule has... I spoke with him. He's the, he's the guy. Okay, that's, that's true. <laughs> My apologies to him. Dan Wolken of USA Today Sports joins us now on BYU Sports Nation. Dan, my apologies for introducing you the wrong way. You can introduce me any way you want. Not a problem. We're, we're flexible out here. Let's start with BYU-Boise State, which was the marquee matchup of this 2020 BYU revamped schedule. What was your impression of the Cougars after Friday night based on their 2020 schedule? Well, obviously the game that everyone was watching to step up to the plate and play a really good game, obviously dominated, especially in the second half, uh, big statement. And for a team that really didn't have many opportunities against quality competition, and again, this is a COVID year. We don't really know who's good and who's not anyway. Uh, I still think the brand name of Boise State winning on the blue turf, that carries a lot of weight. And I think it locks BYU probably into the top 10, assuming they are able to take care of San Diego State. Uh, So that's a great accomplishment. And I don't know if they're pursuing one more game, if they can get one more game. I don't know if they need one more game. But to step up to the plate and perform when you need to, when people are watching, that's a sign of a good team. Absolutely. And BYU felt like it had some notable wins against Navy and Houston, but this was certainly another level. And these were games that BYU had to cobble together, right? Houston and North Alabama were what BYU had left after everybody canceled stuff. Um, And you wrote about this in your article in the USA Today. So for those who didn't read it, they should. uh, what, What was the point you made about BYU's schedule? Well, the thesis that I started with was when BYU began this independence project uh, 10 years ago, that the philosophy was to play as many high-profile games as you could find in a given season. Uh, that As a program that views itself as worthy of being in the Power Five, that the way to get that respect, that the way to get that notoriety was to load up and play anybody, anytime, anywhere, get all the TV exposure, Uh, you win some of those games, it's great. Uh, But you also now have to look at it from the other side of it and say, all right, the last few years, BYU, maybe they win one of those games, two of those games in September. But most two-and-two teams, we don't really pay that much attention to nationally. They kind of fall off the radar. And then BYU goes into this part of their schedule, sometimes where they're playing, you know, Utah State or whoever, and they're just kind of forgotten about And they kind of limp to the finish line. Uh, And they don't have a lot to play for always, you know, because there's no conference championship. They're injured. So when you look at what they've done this year against a very easy schedule and they've risen in the rankings, they've gotten into the top 10, uh, everyone's talking about them across the country. Well, does that support the idea that maybe they should go the other way and to play more of a group of five heavy schedule, sprinkle in a couple opportunities to play the power five, and then you're, Set up, set up, or maybe you're in the top 25 every single year. And so it's just an interesting sort of intellectual argument about the nature of BYU's program, about the philosophy and scheduling, about how the rest of us look at teams, uh, how we view seasons. There's just all kinds of things that go into it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but it's clearly resonated within the BYU fan base. 
Yeah, and that's something we talked about on the phone. Uh, and you asked me, you know, why, why do you feel like uh, this would appease or not BYU fans, right? And it's interesting because BYU has a certain amount of pride, right? Won a national championship, has a Heisman. Granted, those were a little while ago. But uh, BYU, doesn't, I, BYU doesn't want to play this easy of a schedule every year, nor do I. We want a couple of P5s. Obviously, you have to appease ESPN. You have to appease your fan base that's all over the country. And so it's an interesting thing. Like you said, I'm not sure there's a right answer, but I guess – uh, from a national perspective, for BYU to stay in the conversation, they probably need to head this direction in the future more than the other direction they're, they've been doing? Look, look at the, the notoriety that UCF has had the last several years. Look at the run that Boise State was on. Uh, what, what is the, the genesis of those runs? It's you, you get one or two opportunities a season – to play the big boys, and then you take advantage of them, and then you beat everybody else, and then all of a sudden you're eleven and one, and you're somewhere in that ten to fifteen range in the rankings, and people all of a sudden think you're a really good program, and that seems to be the formula for teams in the group of five. I think the issue here with BYU is since they're not in a conference, they're not really group of five. And since they're not in a power conference, they're not a power conference team. So what are they? You know, and they're not Notre Dame. Uh, so it, they exist in sort of this undefinable category that they're the only member of. And that's what makes it really hard because obviously, as you said, the tradition is there. Um, the fan base is there. Uh, huge name recognition for the BYU brand. But at the same time, you're, you're not on a level playing field with the power five, when you're having to play in a given season, Wisconsin, LSU, Tennessee, whatever, you're going to be underdogs in most of those games. Just obviously teams have different circumstances year in and year out, but just on paper, you're going to be an underdog. And if you're an underdog five, six times a year, it's hard to build a great record and it's hard to build that kind of credibility for your program. So it's, I don't envy what they're trying to do. It's very tough. Dan Walken, college football writer for USA Today with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dan, how much of BYU's increased national relevance has not only to do with the easier schedule, but BYU's head start as the only team playing west of the Mississippi for the first five to six weeks, and the increased talent and the jump of Zach Wilson? How do you balance all of that and not just solely point it at the schedule? Oh, I think it's all of it. Look, when you saw that first game against Navy where they just made Navy look terrible. And again, some of that was Navy COVID all the issues that they've had, but at the same time, that's an eye catching score, especially in week one, especially there were, there weren't a ton of teams playing back then. So lots of people were watching that game who maybe other in another year would not watch it. So right away, I think you got a sense out of the gates that they're a pretty good team. Uh, and they've been able to carry it on. And, and you know, I just think we don't necessarily penalize people for playing a, a weak schedule unless it's, you know, unless it's an Alabama or unless it's a, you know, even, well, actually that's not even true. I mean, Alabama actually can get away with playing a weak schedule because we know, <laughs> you know how good they are. It, you know, it's sort of that middle middle ground of teams. Like if Minnesota goes eleven and one, but they didn't play Ohio State, Penn State, or uh, you know Michigan, well then we look at that and say, yeah, but are they really that good? 
you know, but if you're in the group of five and, you know, if you're UCF and your only power five win was against Georgia tech, and then you beat everybody else, people think you're really good. So there's really not historically ever been in college football, a penalty for playing an easier schedule, uh, you know, uh, especially when you're one of those sort of underdog teams. But um, what we rely on is teams building up a lot of wins, and then we just sort of recognize if you roll through this, the schedule, you're probably pretty good. People love donuts. They like to eat them. They like zero-loss teams, right? BYU sitting at 8-0. How much higher can BYU go here, Dan? Because it's starting to get a little, little clustered at the top, right? And BYU is not going to play two games in the next six weeks? There's probably somewhat of a ceiling you know, to, to how high they can go, because at some point uh, they may get passed even by, by a team further down in the rankings that's got a loss maybe, but, but wins a big game. I, I don't think they're a candidate for the top four. Um, I, I think the, the number of things that would have to go their way is just almost astronomical. Uh, and because they haven't played that schedule that they would normally play, it, it probably prevents them from really being in, in serious consideration. But I think the goal for them should just be to stay in that top 10, top 12, where you could get selected for uh, the Fiesta Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, or I, I don't know, whatever game they have. There's an at-large spot. If they keep going high enough, and again, the rankings in the AP and coaches poll, that's not the playoff committee. That's what really matters is the playoff committee rankings, and we have no – data yet to indicate how the playoff committee feels about any of these teams, honestly. So we'll know like when the first playoff rankings come out, where BYU slotted, we'll have a pretty good idea of whether they're actually in line to get one of those bids to to the Fiesta Bowl or to the Cotton Bowl. Dan, do you feel like BYU needs to schedule at least one more game to feel better about locking up a New Year's Six status? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a feel for that. Um, and it would depend on who the game is against. You know, I, it doesn't seem like there's a real chance of them making up the Army game. You know, the Army's obviously hanging at the bottom of the top 25, so that would be a big credibility-building win. Um, do you want to play Army? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities out there, to be honest. At least it doesn't seem like, because, you know, the SEC, uh, the Big Ten, they're not going to let people schedule outside the conference, even if they have an opening through a cancellation. So I don't really know what the options would be at this point. In a couple of years, if there is conference expansion, we've all acted like there's going to be. There's not necessarily going to be. Someone has to make a move, right? Do you feel like BYU is in a better position than they were before given this year, or is it kind of the same? I don't really have a feel for it. You, you know, the conference expansion dynamic has sort of changed, I think, as a result of COVID, uh, because whereas before everyone's trying to project the media landscape out five to six years down the road and what that's going to look like, what that means. Well, you still have to do that, but you've also got to account for the fact that some of these athletic programs are actually going to be hurting quite a bit. And there's going to be an increasing divide. I think the haves and have nots um, are not going to come closer together as a result of this. They're actually going to be kind of pulled further apart. So does conference expansion, if it happens, go along traditional lines of, you know, geography and just all the stuff that drove the last round of expansion, or is it going to be program the top echelon of programs from different leagues getting together? You know, I've sort of wondered whether in a decade, the landscape is going to try to 
mirror more the NFL, where the top 30 or so 40 teams across the country pool their media rights together and sell them to a, a, a either digital or linear network as like an NFL type package, you know, and that obviously would be terrible for a lot of schools that are currently in the power five. But uh, I, so I, I don't really know. It's an, I know it's a long answer, but there's, there's not really been a lot of options for, for BYU. The, the big 12 has just decided not to expand for the time being. I think there's good reasons for them not to. Um, the future of the PAC 12 is really, really interesting, but you've also got, an ideological component to, to the Pac-12 where does BYU kind of fit the mold academically, you know, in sort of that, that, that Pac-12 vein. Um, and I'm not saying anything about the quality of school, but, you know, you're talking about sort of, you know, liberal arts uh, schools and out on the West coast, it's just a different sort of frame of mind. Um, you know, they're, they're BYU would be an, out, an extreme outlier in the <laughs> yes. Pac-12 as a religious institution. So um, I just don't know. You know, it's just – and I don't think anybody knows at this point. All right, Dan, we certainly enjoyed the article that you put together that uh, featured your great writing and uh, excerpts from an interview you did with Jerem Jordan. For those that haven't read it or just want to read more of your work, how do they find it? Well, you can always uh, pick up a USA Today in print. We still have those. Uh, online, <laughs> I found USA it, yeah. And, uh, and then I'm at Twitter, uh, at Dan Wolken. Dan, I hadn't bought a newspaper in a long time. I did the other day. So oh, good. you got me, baby. That. You got me. <laughs> Dan, Stay great to talk friend. to you. Thanks so much, man. All right. Sounds good. Dan Walken on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I was like, yeah, I should probably buy this. So I, I, was, I like called a hotel. They didn't have it. And then I went to Barnes & Noble. So Oh, you found it at Barnes yeah, & Noble? Yeah, I, I like drove over to, over to Orem and got it. They still carry the actual printed newspaper. Yeah. And at good fir- to know. And at first, yeah. And uh, it's all online. You can find Dan's stuff online, of course. But I, I, I asked, I was like, hey, where's the USA Today? And the lady didn't know what the USA Today was, unfortunately. And, and she goes, oh, the newspaper. I go, yeah. I'm not, is there a book called USA Today? Like, so we found it. We got it. It's awesome. Listen, it's all online. Printed, whatever. Which, by the way, brings me to this quick soapbox. Why do I have to have my driver's license physically on me? Why can't that be a digital thing? Like I give you my certain information, and then the, like a cop just has it. Why do I have to physically possess that? Temple recommends, same thing. Why can't it just be there? Why have physical objects? They get lost. Questions it's for all digital. the Twitter machine. Respond okay, to Jerem Jordan. I'm off my Respond soapbox. Respond to Jordan. I'll be at the Wilk every Wednesday night at 6. Okay, coming up, BYU's bowl projections. How many experts have BYU playing in a New Year's Six game already? And a top five performance by BYU, according to one major ESPN pundit. Details on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. Officer, you already have it. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Hang out with us tonight. BYU football's Klein Stocky, 8.30 Eastern on, on the BYU TV app. With Coach Greg Bell recap the big win at Boise State. Kyrus Tonga will join us. Perhaps he'll block a, a Greg Bell punt. Isaac Rex in the film room. James Empey featured in Deep Blue. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cooper Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Zach Wilson, number one in your heart, fourth in the Heisman Straw Poll by The Athletic, beyond Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trevor Lawrence. Three guys I've never heard of prior to today. That's good. Can Zach do anything in the final two scheduled games to jump up in that list? Sure. 
continue to do what he's done, and that is complete close to 80% of his passes, go for 300-plus, be incredible. And it wouldn't hurt to have a few of those guys struggle a little bit, but Zach just needs to maintain what he's been doing. And if he makes a statement on December 12th after the Heisman Trophy presentation and he doesn't win it, then all the better. Then people question if he should have won it or not. He's down to 75%, so just really really disappointing. Um, I think it's more on the struggle of the other three. They're going to have more showcase games, and if they have big games... In big games, I think they'll have a chance to kind of stay there. I'm not sure that Zach can do a ton to climb into the upper three, but uh, it would require, I think, some poor play and some losses from those guys. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit put BYU number five on his top performing teams from last weekend behind Notre Dame, who beat Clemson, Florida, Maryland, and Liberty. Jerem, should BYU be higher on that list based on the performance at Boise State? Just up to four because Florida beating Georgia, impressive. Maryland beating Penn State is now 0-3. Impressive. Maryland, what? Tua Tagovailoa's brother. And then uh, Liberty beat Vatek. So I, I say above Liberty, but I don't go above the other three. Yeah, and if you watch the end of the Liberty-Virginia Tech game, Virginia Tech called a timeout to ice the kicker from 59 yards or whatever he was going to kick the ball from. Is that how it ended? And they had blocked the kick and run it back for a touchdown, but it didn't count because they had called timeout right oh! before the snap. Virginia oh, Tech insane. was going to win that game. Oh, man. Liberty kicked a field goal, and that's how the game ended. Moral of the story, blow your timeouts in the third quarter. Then you don't have any to use later. You don't need to ice a college <laughs> kicker if the kick is longer than 50 yards. <laughs> right. Okay? They'll miss. Well, come on. It's all good. Come on. Wide, uh, so, yeah, no, left or right. I'm with you at number four. I think BYU is one of the more impressive than Liberty's. Yeah. It shouldn't be in the top three. Okay, each week, Buffalo Wild Wings ranks the top college football team according to what sauce they would be. This week, they have BYU as Thai curry. Is that a good thing? I love Thai food, so yeah, personally, I think it's great. It's got some zip, some zing. It's a little uh, zesty. Any other Z's? There you go. (laughs) Three right there. Yeah, I like it. I I think that, and it's it's unique, and BYU is certainly unique. I'm not a Thai curry fan, so uh, I'm a Steph Curry fan, but I would do uh, classic Buffalo. This is a restoration of a thing that feels familiar, just feels right. Old BYU, winning, passing, quarterback play, top ten. Classic Buffalo, baby. That's really? We're, uh, well, yeah. that's quite the compliment from yeah. you to say BYU's classic Buffalo. Okay. Uh, BYU's in the top ten, Spencer, with I, a Heisman Trophy I, candidate. I know. This feels like Steve Young or Ty Demmer <laughs> is doing You know what I mean? This feels right. Classic Buffalo feels like a college football playoff flavor, Jerem. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's <laughs> not college football playoff. I'm just here. saying the flavor sounds like that. Oh, okay. The NBA makes it official last night with an amended collective bargaining agreement that a 72-game will tip off on December 22nd. This over, season. under, yes, over, under 36 games that NBA draft hopeful Yoli Child will play in during this amended season. Hopefully over? We, I, hopefully it's on a roster, playing. That'd be awesome, man. Oh, over would be nice, especially as it's probably second-round pick, perhaps undrafted. If he's a second-round pick, is that enough to guarantee him 36 games? I don't no. know. Well, nothing. Yeah, even a first-round pick doesn't guarantee that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully. I would love to see Yoli see some serious NBA court time, but where he's projected right now, I don't know if he's going to play more than 36 games. So I'm going to I'm gonna lean towards no, it's going to be under 36 games. And serious NBA court time isn't necessarily playing in 36 games. Right. That could be good. Right, no, that's a fair point. I'd, I'd take him on a roster playing 
Hardly at all. Yeah, I really I would. Just him, so he's in the NBA. I could see him bouncing back and forth between the G League and the big show. I could see him bouncing back and forth between the ground and the rim as well. With a 38-inch vertical, yeah, absolutely. Yes. 38 and a half. Don't sell him short. Sorry. Coming up, the top five plays from the Boise State game. Plus the latest big money and not so big money bowl projections featuring BYU. Is it a fiesta for the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, Kiki Solano bringing you the best highlights, dance moves, and tweets surrounding BYU's dub versus Boise State. Check it out on the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube, and the IG. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in the studio. Bizzle, the holiday season and the accompanying college football bowl season. Oh, yeah, that. Or sorry, it's officially just bowl, bowl season, season, right? Because college football made that All the bowling people were like, how dare you? Bowl season. Yeah. Nearly upon us. Jaron, BYU has never been in a scenario quite like they are right now. Early November, projected by multiple credible news outlets to play in a New Year's Six game. This is wild. Right now, a Dayton Phoenix at the Fiesta Bowl feels like the most popular choice by ESPN, among other media juggernauts. We'll get to the specifics in a moment. But, Jerem, is the Fiesta Bowl versus a Pac-12 champion or runner-up the best possible landing spot for BYU in this weird college football season? Absolutely. It's the at-large spot BYU could get. Cotton Bowl is a possibility as well. It'd be fun for BYU to go back to that game. Absolutely, yeah. That was BYU's first bowl game in 1974. And you think, well, there are a lot of bowl games. Not in 1974. There were 11. It was a big deal. BYU was ranked 17th, by the way, with Gary Shetty. Yeah, if BYU were to play in Oregon, a USC, uh, whoever the runner-up or the champ is, let's, let's be honest. Do we think the champ of the Pac-12 is going to make the playoff? I don't really think no. they will. No, so they'll be I, lucky to play seven games. Right. Um, and that'd be with the Pac-12 title game, you'd think. So I... I think that'd be a great spot. Obviously, all the members of the church and the BYU fans, uh, not all members of the church are BYU fans, but you get the point. In Arizona would be awesome. It's my mom's year for Christmas anyway, so I'm supposed to be in Goodyear, which is on the west side of the valley. So I think the show should go anyway. But uh, if BYU goes to Fiesta Bowl, yeah, Oregon and USC, big-time game, man. That'd be incredible. I think that's the best possibility for BYU. It's not going to be USC. Did you watch USC play against Arizona State? USC's not running the table. They're not winning the Pac-12 championship. Well, Oregon you don't, looked you don't have to run USC. the table to win the championship. It's true. But I think that Oregon's going to win the Pac-12, and it's not going to have enough on the resume to make the college football playoffs. So, yeah, I think it would be BYU-Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Just, just That'd be the, dope, the, man. Just listen to that. That sounds BYU, great. BYU-Oregon Fiesta I don't Bowl. even care. Listen, there are those that are getting picky, like, oh, I don't want to play Cincinnati in the Fiesta Bowl. I Stop will, it. I will play anybody. The money's the same. I don't care. The exposure's going to be great. And it's not about those two things to me the most. It's just being in a New Year's Six, there, this would be the second or third greatest moment in BYU football history. You'd think about it. There's a great chance BYU's going to play another undefeated Heisman. team in that game, too. Could be. Depends. It, don't, not necessarily. Like, if, if uh, Pac-12, yeah, if Pac-12 team doesn't make the playoff, then they would be in this game, and they could have one loss. Could even have two losses. Mm. Who knows? Either way. It doesn't matter. The, yeah. I don't care about the opponent. It's about BYU getting there. Like, hey, if BYU went to the Final Four, would you care who they played in men's basketball one day? No! Just that they got there. I'll take an Elite Eight. I'll take a Sweet 16. It's been a minute. Okay. So running down the current projections, yeah. Kyle Bonagura from ESPN says Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon. Yep. 
His buddy, Mark Schleba, says Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon. Eric Smith of USA Today, Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon. Steve Lassen of Athlon Sports, Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon. Get a, come on. College Get a, football news, Fiesta versus USC. Un, Brad Crawford unnamed. of 24-7 Sports, Fiesta versus USC. His name's sound made up. Now, here's a strange one. Joe Tanzi of Bleacher Report has BYU in the Orange Bowl no. against Miami. Orange is not going to happen because the, a- the ACC champ – or the next highest-ranked team. So remember Virginia went to the Orange Bowl last year? I don't believe it. Were they a top-12 team at the end? It's just the next highest-ranked team from that league is going to go. And then it's the Big Ten or the SEC. It's not going to be BYU in the Orange. Come on. Yeah, typically it's uh, they're the bo- next highest-ranked They're both ACC tie-ins team. here. And, right. and it depends what bowls have the playoffs and whatnot. Okay, I have two issues here, Jerem, at the very end. Our guy Bill Bender has been on the show multiple times. Is he our guy after this? As BYU playing in the Gasparilla Bowl, Bill against Tulane. How dare you, Bill? Bill, what, uh, what, what happened? Yeah, Ooh, what are you doing what, here? What's going on, Bill? And then Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Oh, you know who, what? Jerry Palm's not been in the good graces of this spot. I have for a taken years. issue with him several occasions, <laughs> specifically with the NCAA basketball seating. But now it's for a bowl game projection. Armed Forces Bowl against SMU. What, what does BYU need to do? Why, why do we even include these garbage ones in here? Because we're fair to the story. And to that's get why. this reaction, that's exactly why we included this. Uh, I want, did, you, did you make those projections in, like, you know, mid-September? Like, have you updated those? Jerry, palm in the face. Coming up, <laughs> a rise and shout-out to some of our colleagues in the athletic club. Plus, the top five plays from an unforgettable and historic win at Boise State. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. There's a podcast. You can download it. Subscribe, rate, we are a go for Top 5 Tuesday. On topic, the top five plays from BYU's dominating, historic, validating win at Boise State, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Number five, Zach Wilson to Dax Milne. Back All right, here we go. Short boot. Throw down the right side for Milne. He makes another great catch. The defender didn't see the ball. Dax did it. Dax doing what Dax does. He had 99 yards on the night on three grabs. Number four. Give me that ball after a Kyrus smash. Never let him throw. Steps up, climbs, tucks, takes off. Oh, fumble forced, and the Cougars have it. BYU recovers at the 34-yard line. Boise State's Cade Fennigan scrambling up the middle and wishes he hadn't. Kyrus Tonga, forced fumble. Keenan Peely takes possession. Peely was good in this game, man. Number three, a gunner, Romney Sandwich. A play action. Caught in traffic inside the one. Gunner Romney, as you called him in the postgame, the best receiver in the country between the twos. <laughs> We got to get him a black jacket. We got to get him in the end zone. They took a hard hit, by the way. Number two, Tyler Algier goes 86 yards in top gear. And into Tyler Algier. Algier has it up and there's a hole. Algier is on his way. He's pounding the blue and he's headed for Pater. All the way for a score. 
That's right, Aaron Goldsmith, pounding the blue. Thank you to the Empire for the accidental assistance. 12 on 11, baby. Can't wait to see this play in Lego. Love yeah. you, Jared Jacobs. Yeah, Jared coming at me on IG last night. Let's go, baby. And number one, Dax Milne makes another spectacular catch. Wilson rolls, feels the pressure, deep heave, and what a catch made! Shy of the 40, Dax Mills. 38 yards, first down on third down there. Leads to the game-winning score on the first drive of the second half. What a throw, what a catch. Dax Milne catches everything, man. I love how nonchalant he is. All right, let's go, first down. Yeah, Dax, Dax is the man, and what a throw by Zach. I mean, that's on his highlight reel. Those are the top Woo. five plays from the Boise State game. Dax is getting some notice by NFL scouts, too. You better believe That's it. pretty awesome for a kid that was a walk-on to go to uh, NFL potential. Yeah. The Patriots will grab him up. How about that? It feels perfect. <laughs> Question of the day. Do you want BYU to schedule any available game that we presented earlier in the show? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Mark Stringham on Instagram says no. BYU needs a Power 5 team or a team the nation thinks BYU would lose to. None are on this list. Best on the list, those in the top 25. Let's pray Utah plays well enough for a Fiesta Bowl matchup. I never play, pray for Utah to do well. Ever. I'm sorry. That would be epic that, beyond belief. That would be epic, but getting a win over Utah, would getting to a near six would be a win. Over USC like and Oregon? Yeah. yeah. I mean, instead of Utah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Today's Today, Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, to those of our colleagues in the sports information department on campus who were let go yesterday, we're thinking about you. Kyle Chilton, Norman Bertosh, Jordan Christiansen, Kenny Cox, Ari Davis, Braden Taylor, and Tatiana Littlefield. We love you. We appreciate everything you've done for BYU Athletics. Uh, Understandably, very difficult time, but um, we'll be thinking of you. Our thanks to today's guest, Dan Walken of USA Today Sports. Sorry to Dennis. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Harvey Jackson. See you tonight on the BYU TV app for a new episode of After Further Review at 7 Eastern.